The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion, analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I am Robbie Busto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Man United snatching away all three points from Villarreal, thanks to who else? Ronaldo. PSG victorious against Man City, punctuated by Lionel Messi's world-class finish. Chelsea losing their second match in a row after falling to Juventus in Turin. Liverpool showing no mercy at the Stadio Dragao against Porto. And a preview of the Premier League weekend highlighted by Liverpool versus Man City. That's what's coming up in today's episode. All right, Robbie Earl, uh, mm. fun, fun midweek of Champions League before. <laughs> mm. um, let's start at Old Trafford, Rob, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer under pressure, of course, lost the first game, match day one against Young Boys, mm. needed to win this game, really, against VRL. Of course, they lost to VRL in last season's Europa League Cup final. They did win the game 2-1 with a yeah. late, late show from Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. But of the games today, you kept a closer eye on this Yeah. Game. I watched a little bit more of the Chelsea game, which we'll get on to. Um, how did United play? Well, let's start with the game, Rob. It was the first European game for a crowd back at Ultra for 18 months. It was one of those nights, which is a proper night of European football. I thought this is, you know, a big night for Manchester United, you know, with the results <clears> that they've <throat> had against young boys and, and obviously the Villa defeat, losing in the League Cup, a little bit of pressure on Oli. Everything, Rob, looks, looks right. Big stadium. Big crowd, expecting crowd, star names, you know, European night, Champions League. It, it all feels great till you get on the pitch. And then it starts to, it, it, felt, it felt a bit average, mate. I've got to be honest. The football felt a bit average. Now, we will talk about the win. We will talk about Ronaldo. But we've got to talk about a defence that we're missing some key players, but didn't look at all solid against a Villarreal team well put together by Unai Emery. We had an attack that kind of had a go, but but didn't look like there was a huge threat. I mean, Dan Juma, an ex-Bournemouth player, looked a bigger threat than Jadon Sancho did for for Manchester United. And Mm. it's a team, Rob, and and we've said it, and I think we're not the only people who's had the observation, that at times it looks like it's off-the-cuff football Mm. Mm. that relies Mm. on big moments for big Mm. players. And listen... I have to give credit to Manchester United because they were 1-0 down. They came back into the game. Two two fabulous goals. Tellers with a wonderful volley from a free kick. And then the will, I would say, what, what, what took me, the will of Cristiano Ronaldo to drag his team back into the game, to score the goal that he loves to score, that has taken Manchester United, allowed Manchester United another level. On another night without Ronaldo, at best, that's a draw. At best. Mm. But the, the thing he brings, Rob, and I, and I saw there was after the hugs with the players and the fans were on. I mean, the place was buzzing at the end. I mean, all he did just did his, his interview some five minutes ago, probably 20 minutes after the game's ended, and the place is still buzzing. 
he has changed the whole atmosphere in the football club. But there's other elements of this football club and this football team that have to catch him up. Mm. That's where so, I'm at. It, it sounds like, Rob, that it, that late goal papered over some pretty mm. big cracks. I know, oh. I mean, I had it on, I've got two screens going on. So I saw I saw stuff kind of out the corner of my eye and I saw that David De Gea, Rob, made a lot of yeah, good saves exactly. early on. Villarreal um, found a way through a open looking, and I'll get your take in a second on that, an open looking midfield mm-hmm. where they've got, they've got time and space to run at that back four for United, which is never a good situation. David Ayer came up with a few saves. Of course, I noticed that Paul Pogba played in the middle of the park, Rob, and we've yeah. many times on this podcast have talked about his reliability in there. He gets pushed to the left because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't trust him much, trust him in, in the game today. So how did the middle of the park look? With him and McTominay, wasn't it? Mm. Um, well, it was did, he do, did he do his defensive job or, or not? Well, as I'm looking at, at the team sheet before the game, and, and it looks like uh, McTominay and Pogba too, with Bruno ahead of them. Yeah. The reality of the game, Rob, as it played out at times, was McTominay as one, and Pogba played higher up the pitch. I was wow. really quite surprised. So he almost played side by side with Bruno, with wow. McTominay being the one behind him. And as you said, as the game progressed, and as Emery and his team, who were more in a sort of 4-4-2, 4-3-3, had an extra man in midfield, they played either side of McTominay and were able to, to, to hurt Manchester United defence. Mm. Certainly on the right-hand side of United's defence, Darlow and Lindelof got stretched a number of times. Dan Juma and Moreno, um, former Liverpool player on yeah. this left-hand side, Got in a number of times. Dan Juma had a couple of good saves. He helped create the first goal with the ball that he played across. And there was real problems for, for Manchester United. I mean, mm. United were lucky not to be 2-0 down running into the game at, at half-time. That's how how much better Villarreal were and how much more dangerous Villarreal were. I think United had one shot in the first half, Paul Pogba. Yeah, on the local broadcast here, Rob, they, they talked about after the game, they mentioned stuff. And I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what me and you have talked about. United, Man United being kind of not a great team, a team of individuals. We know they've got star power and tremendous star power. Anything different today, Rob, or is it more confirmation? You know, can you put your finger on, you know, why? why I mean, I know there's some new players into the team, Rob, but it's yeah. the team's kind of been around with the manager now for a long period of time. The the off the cuff nature, the disjointed yeah. nature. Yeah. You know, when you do see again managers that have had longer with teams like your Thomas Tuchel and your Pep and yeah. your Klopp. I know they've had a longer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but there's a set way of playing. Is that still yet to be seen? Kind of the strategy with uh, Gunnar Solskjaer. What, what I would say is, and I'm not sure what kind of manager Solskjaer is, unless you were in there day to day working on the training ground, seeing him around the training ground. Everything that we say looks as though it's coming to fruition in there is no designated style of play. There is no no rhythmic play that happens for Manchester United on a regular basis that you go, that's what they're trying to do. Different things happen at different times with different players. Mm. And I was looking today, Rob, and I'm looking at Unai Emery's team, who've got some Good players, to be fair. Paul Torres, the centre-back, who you think you yeah. know, we're looking at. Mm. Dan Juma's come in well. Midfielder, they were decent. Um, so they, they, they're, they're better players, but nowhere near the level of Manchester United. Or better coached. Or better coached. There's an understanding of what they are trying to do. Now, if they win, lose or draw the game, there's a mm. better coaching philosophy. 
for all the Gunnar Solskjaer, he's won the game 2-1 and it's three points, needed three points and all that. And I'm sure he'd be sitting there, maybe having a glass of wine and, and, and thinking that's a, you know, it's a, it's a good start now having lost against young boys. But there must be a worry, Rob, that there was nothing to go back to. There's no formation. There's no system of play. There's no, mm. you know, the reps you used to do on the training ground of how, you know, we'd work and we'd go down the sides and we'd pick the shadow play. And the the shadow, shadow play, play. It's repetitive, <clears throat> but everybody understands and gets ingrained that you go back to if there's problems, you go back to when things are going well. Manchester United mm. don't have that. I'll tell you what they have, Rob, and, and they had it last year. And again, I'm watching kind of out the corner of one eye. I saw United play... I, I, I see United play at their best out of desperation. So when they go behind and that, you know, we, you know, there's like this, it's like when they really, really have to do it, they seem to do it. And it happened last year, many times, Rob, going behind, come back and winning. They finished second in the Premier League. Again, is, is that the same sort of story that, that when they really yeah. have to do it, they throw people forward, the fans go crazy, they get a good atmosphere. And they, and they get it done. But, but without those moments of desperation, they, they, they look, kind of average. Of the other best teams, and I'm talking Premier League and I'm also talking Europe, Manchester United lack the control and the composure mm. that those other yeah. teams have. Yeah. Other teams can, you know, uh, it's a point I, I want to talk about City and I'll bring it up uh, when we talk about them, but there's a way that City play, win, lose or draw. The, the, I yeah. mean, Liverpool, to a certain degree, you understand what they're doing. There's days when it doesn't work or days they don't take the chances. You know, Chelsea under Tuchel haven't won today, but you know there's a way of playing and what yeah. they're trying to do. Manchester United yeah. don't have that. And I'm not saying until, maybe this is what United about. The fans got behind them, the place got buzzing, they started to press, they were 1-0 down, they got one each with a, uh, on 60-odd minutes. And then for 30 minutes, they start having a bit of a go. But then Villarreal come into it. In fairness mm-hmm. to Ollie, he made, good, he made some decent substitutes. Cavani came on. Matic came on into midfield and they got a little bit more control there. Pogba came off. And um, Lingard came on and, and helped, you know, had a hand in, in the winning goal. I saw, I saw the little assist. The little yeah. assist was, was pretty Clever smart play. play. Yeah, yeah, just got across and laid it and then got out That's of the off. way so Ronaldo can, mm. can finish it. So, mm. you know, Oli deserves some credit for that. And, and we're not here to, to, to knock Oli. We're not here to hammer him. Listen, we want, we've said we want him to, 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 to succeed. Let's see how this project goes. I just think there's still... Worrying signs about a top-class team at home with everything in their favour. They yeah. couldn't control Villarreal today, Rob. They yeah. couldn't control yeah. them. They won the yeah. game and take credit for yeah. that, but they couldn't control a well-set-up yeah. Villarreal. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, Rob, is, is the control. It's been a little bit lacking with their play. Um, all right. Should we move it on, my friend, to the next game? Our PSG, game, my friend, is PSG. PSG. So I know you, you had a yeah, good look at this one. I, I, I saw a good chunk of it, but I, I didn't see it all live. Yeah, it was, uh, first of all, I mean, just in general, in terms of, mm. like, the beautiful game and football and talented players and individuals and silky little bits of football, it was that was fun to watch. You know, you've got some incredible world-class stars, um, on both teams, but mainly when you look at PSG's front three, when Messi, Mbappe and uh, Neymar play together, um, it's pretty amazing. And, of course, the headlines go to Lionel Messi. He scores a wonderful goal late on, 74th, I think, minute of the game. Um, plays a little one-two and just kind of 
like shapes to go one way and just pulls it back into the top corner of the side. Um, Edison with no chance. Brilliant, brilliant um, goal from him. But it was a funny game because Man City played really well. Man City passed the ball really well. They had It's one of those days, Rob, where they had tons of the ball, they had tons of possession. They just couldn't find a way through. And this, this is kind of where teams like City, and we'll go on to talk about Chelsea because it's a little bit similar. Teams yeah. that want the real ultra control of games of possession, yeah. because that build-up, because the nature that it's got to be safe, controlled possession allows teams to drop back. We say I say it a lot, but it's really, really the thing that that, that the the possession teams struggle with, and Man City struggled with it. There was one great chance where I don't know if you saw that Rob, where Ryan Sterling climbs yeah, heads of board against yeah, the bar. Heads of ball, yeah, and Bernardo Silva, Silva yeah, kind of score, finds I mean, a way to yeah. yeah from a couple yeah. of yards. Hmm. But really, you know, other than that, that in the first half that was the only chance, and. You know, they, they looked to the eye like the better footballing team. Yeah. But yeah. PSG, to be fair, who, I mean, with the front three, Rob, they didn't really come back to help too much. A little bit. You saw Messi coming back on, on one side yeah. Yeah. and Neymar on the other side a little bit. But in general, um, Riyad Mahrez in particular, Rob, had a ton of opportunities to run at his full back. Mm. Nobody's on his back of his shoulder running back. So they, they, they struggled to break down a decent... Uh, defensive side of PSG. The headline really, Rob, is something that, again, we've talked about. And of course, the more we see these teams, we get more evidence. The need for a front man, the need for a front man in Manchester City. Um, Ryan Sterling played it, Rob. And De Bruyne was kind of in and around Sterling. Grealish played on the left-hand side. It, it, Jack Grealish wasn't really effective, Rob. But, you know, it's like mm. at, at this level, it was, it, it, it just... He was absolutely fine, but too many times for me, he's got it where he gets on the wide left and comes back inside yeah. and passes it backwards yeah. and didn't really commit. Um, so it wasn't his greatest game for, for Manchester City. But again, that need for a striker, I think, is is, is a pretty big one now, well, as if teams have figured him out a little bit, Rob. It's a point, though, Rob, you make, a need for a striker. What we know is there isn't going to be one, or there can't be one till at no. least Christmas. Very doubtful it's going to happen then because there's the right kind of guy going to be about at the right kind of money that can come in and improve. So more likely, at, we're talking at, at, at the soonest next summer. Pep will still believe, I'm sure, that he's going to go to through this season to win a title without that number nine, to possibly win a Champions League, certainly get back to the final again without that number nine. So based on what you're saying and seeing from City, is it doable because those, a point born out of the game last night and the rest of the season for City, they've got to get, in my opinion, six or seven players nearing 10 or more goals to make up mm. for that striker who doesn't get you the goals. Mm. Now, I'm not quite sure what the Sterling position is. Brilliant for England, doesn't look as dangerous quite at the moment for Man City. Jesus has been a threat from a wide area. Torres mm. has done a reasonable job. Mm. Greenwich isn't a double-figure man. Gundogan looked like he had the one season. Not sure if you're going to get those same numbers again. KDB, yes, assisting goals, but hopefully somewhere there. But you're starting to have to stretch a little bit to see Bernardo Silva. Is he, is he going to get you double figures? Mm. Well, that's exactly why why I, I didn't tip them for the, for the title this year in the Premier League, Rob, because mm. I didn't know whether... You've just gone through it whether they could get the goals again. Can Gundogan score 13 Premier League goals again, etc.? 
Um, but it's a valid valid point. Also, by the way, PSG did score two goals. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know whether they're quite as strong. I know John Stones is on the bench in this game and it was Laporte and uh, Ruben Diaz, Rob, as, yeah, as the yeah, back two. Yeah. Kyle Walker had his moments where he was defended really, really well against Mbappe, I think, and Neymar a couple of times. Um, Cancelo does his thing. He's a little bit different at left back. Yeah. But they scored twice. And just a Ghana, the former yeah. Everton guy in midfield, scored for PSG. By the way, what what a what an important role he has in the team, mm. you know. And I and I wouldn't mind just switching and talking for PSG a little bit, Rob, because you know, again, there's a there's a general thought that with those front three players, yeah, on their day against some of yeah. the weaker teams, they're going to combine and do amazing things. But defensively, they might not do enough for them to go the whole way in the competition. And I get that argument, and I and I and I I, I respect that argument. But it's, it's still a it's still a good team, Rob. You, even yeah, in the midfield, yeah. right? You got Under Herrera, good work, is former, it? yeah. And he's a kind of a worker. Yeah. Marco Verratti is a yeah. player that I love to bits. I think he's apparently got a bit Pat, of everything. Apparently, Pat was, was all over Verratti, apparently. Was he? Didn't, he, didn't hear after it. After the game, showered praise on him. Just Did said, he? Like, outstanding. outstanding. Yeah, he's, a brilliant, yeah, he's a brilliant brilliant football. Yeah. He played in the middle yeah. of the three and then just a Ghana. Yeah. So between Ghana, yeah. Verratti and Herrera, yeah. that's yeah. kind of, mm. that's a lovely mix of talent, of, yeah, of personability, moving the ball and, and fit and protective. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a... It's a it's a blooming good team. Mm. Beat Man City, and I know Man City had all the possession. There was a Kevin De Bruyne chance, Rob, in the second half, early in the second half, De Bruyne yeah. came through and didn't score. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any other real great chances that they mm. had. So PSG, you know, this is impressive victory for them. And with that team, and with a great goalkeeper, by the way, and Donnarumma, yeah, the Donna made, 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 yeah. made a couple of good yeah. saves. Yeah. When Aldum come into the game, Rob, is another midfield mm. player that can do that work. To, to stop those, um, yeah. those front three. You got was, Ramos uh, to add, add to the pack. Yeah, Ramos has come in as well. Yeah, and um, mm. of course, all eyes are on Lionel Messi, Rob, because he hadn't scored for PSG yet. Um, and the goal came, and it was a, it was such a typical, classy little give and go where he's getting caught. So he he, he lends the ball to the striker, yeah. gets yeah. it back again. I think it was Mbappe later off for Mbappe, him. Mbappe, yeah, it was Mbappe. Yeah, and then, and then just to caress the ball into the top corner. I mean, it's a joy. I, I I'm not sure whether I, we don't. I guess we don't talk Messi too much on our podcast, Rob. But I mean, I I just think he is like by far for me the best player that I've ever mm. seen uh, play the game. And you know, I know he's 34. I think he is now. Is he 34? Um, yeah. But a wonderful, wonderful goal mm. from a player that's just oozes like so much class and ability. Um, but I, it'll be relieved. You know, I think he said after yeah. that. I think yeah, he talked he was, about. Yeah. Well, you know, he needed that goal. It's an, important, yeah. it's an important goal for him when you think it's Lionel Messi. And yeah, you're right. Um, in terms of what, what I, I loved about the goal is that he goes from almost static for halfway, halfway line right hand side and he starts to go through the gears and he draws people in. And, and you say he lends the ball, he gives it to Mbappe knowing that he's going yeah. to get it back. And the moment that Mbappe sort of drops the ball back in, into his path, all sorts of things start going through your mind, isn't he? Is he going to bend it till the keeper's right? Is he, you know, he tickles it down around the left. I mean, he leaves yeah. Edison standing, rooted to the spot because he doesn't yeah, yeah. hit with pace. He kind of just puts it, it deceives him. It's just, deceives so, him. Yeah, it looks like it's going towards him and then starts yeah. bending away. I mean, it's a brilliant, mm. brilliant finish. And mm. you know, the interesting thing, Rob, I and mean, you've you've, you've kind of we've we worked ourselves to this position. Manchester City had a possibility of going for Lionel Messi. You've talked about a lack of centre forward. He's not your traditional centre forward playing down the centre of the pitch. But could Messi have filled the gap? Could Messi have, have? Does Messi give them 
another a bigger option to 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 attain the Champions League, win it for the first time, and and, and maybe retain the Premier League. Yeah, I would have thought so, Rob. I think that the feeling that he was going to leave Barcelona before, where Man City were in for him, that was the time where it seemed most likely. And it was all very quiet in the summer. It was just PSG all the way. Obviously, they were, they were willing to pay a ton of money for Harry Kane. Um, it would go into Messi's wages, etc. And of course, as a false nine, I mean, Messi started it. Barcelona yeah, back in back in the day under, under Pep, yeah. so yeah. he he could have done it. Yeah, I mean, of course, it, it, it's not the same as he was, you know, maybe four yeah. or five, six years ago. Of course, but yeah. still, that quality and, and the finisher that he is, mm. you know, City are lacking. They're just lacking a presence. They're lacking a a a special striker. You know, a special whether he's a false nine or real nine, whatever he was, but a special player to play in that position. And Bernardo Silva's done it. Sterling's done it. Foden's done it. Uh, you know, and then, of course they're trying to get Kane, and it's gone. And, that, and that's yeah, you know we've yeah. talked about it. But yeah, it, it was it was a really entertaining game, Robert. I really enjoyed mm. it. And PSG, I know they had to defend. It's really funny seeing Lionel Messi run back, by the way, because he played wide right. Yeah, he, he, yeah. I mean, he, he, did, he didn't Morris do it a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah, he, uh, it's just Morris. weird seeing him yeah. with his number thirty shirt now running all the way back. I mean, again, the times he did. It's weird, by the way, yeah, and. and uh, I've got to somehow get a line to Poch and say, never again do I want to see Lionel Messi lying down behind the wall. What did he call it? <laughs> I, now. I mean, it's not allowed. When you're that good, Rob, <laughs> when you're that good, you don't lie Lionel Messi down <laughs> behind the wall. I couldn't I, I didn't catch that. Was he, was he, was he, so was he, free, he, was he, was he, was he, was he, was he, Right, he was lying behind the wall. You know the one who lies. So if, if, if they all jump and he runs under, what was he? he what was it? What was to the ball? His back or his front? His, his back. He was looking at the goalkeeper. And he's oh, back right. He's, he's got long right. Messi's shirt. <laughs> Never again, Pochettino. Can that happen? Um, wow. The other slight thing. I, I was just thinking today when Ronaldo cracks one in for United with a minute to go and he celebrates and yeah. place goes up and that. And Trips his shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he looked a part. And his will and drive and, and, and appetite for goals is phenomenal, despite being the great player and yeah. the technician and the jumper. Phenomenal. <clears throat> and I kind of thought the two nights summed the two great players up. Ronaldo's sort of will and you know, put the team on his back to get it done. And Messi's was a piece of art, wasn't it? It was a yeah. piece of beauty. Yeah. And it, in some respects... And that sums them up, Rob. That's where they that are, sums yeah. them up. Ronaldo's about numbers and stats and keep delivering and never get... And there's the other fella can give you those moments where you're on the edge yeah. of seat going, wow. And, and, and that's a, it's a perfect point because and some people, some fans and supporters and mm. watchers of the game, like... Or, or or admire the, yeah. the d- desire and the drive and the mm. hunger Ronaldo now what he's done and, and continues yeah. to some people like that more than the the artistry mm. of Lionel yeah. Messi yeah. you know everybody's got an opinion on that and that's mm. what makes them two unbelievable players I say to my yeah. kids all the time Rob like when Messi's playing my boys are here with me at the moment I'm like enjoy watching, enjoy watching, watching the yeah. game with him yeah. uh, and of course they're watching United every you know every weekend with us on the in the Premier League but it's uh no, it's a good point, and that's how they're a little bit different. And two, obviously, incredible footballers. Yeah, let's move it on to the reigning holders of the Champions League. Chelsea went away to Juventus, got beat one nil. I know you were you were keeping a closer yep. eye on on this one. I had a little bit more look at the football, but um, bit of a surprise result, I suppose. How how did it play out? Well, so uh, really interesting. 
and again, uh, it's at Federico Chiesa, Rob, the Italian striker. Yeah, yeah. The play was played great well in the, the Euros, European. didn't he? Yeah, he's really, really good. Well. Actually, on the, mm. I think he played wide right in the Euros. He played as a striker. Bernadeschi played. They played a 4 4 2. Of course, it's Allegri back in charge of Juventus, Rob. They're struggling in Serie A. I think they're like the way down where you expect them to be at the top of the table. So they're going through kind of transition, getting used to the new manager. <clears throat> and Chelsea did what Chelsea you'd expect them to do. Mm. Pass the ball really well. Um, back to the shape that they normally play, Rob. It was Kovacic and Jorginho in midfield. It was Aspelicueta wing back, Alonso um, left wing back. And then it was Ziek and Havertz in behind Lukaku. Oh, okay. And I mean, it, very, very dominant Chelsea. Again, I'm just going through my notes. Like yeah. possession, territory, tick the boxes, but they lack penetration. And it, it's a it's a little similar to what Chelsea were like last year, Rob. And of course, all this possession, yeah. mm. sometimes they don't create enough opportunities. Lukaku looked yeah. a little bit frustrated. You know, it, Juventus in the second half, after they got their goal, which is like 10, 11 seconds after when the second half starts, Chiesa scores yeah. a goal, and then they go into a little bit of defence mode. And there isn't many better when you've got Bonucci and Chiellini came on late, Rob, and made a couple of blocks. Yeah. Um, Juventus are really, really good at doing it. A couple of a couple of takeaways for me, right, Rob? Um, mm-hmm. Kai Havertz and Hakim Ziyech. Um, we all know that, what Lukaku's going to bring. He's already yeah. brought it. We also know, and I've and I've I think I've mentioned this before, Rob, that with Kovacic, Jorginho, and the two wing backs, not really regular positions to score goals for the team. No. Not really. No. So everything lies on the front three players. Yeah. Lukaku, tick him. Tick him, yeah, tick him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Havertz are not doing enough. Are not mm. doing enough. Kai Havertz, well, I think we all know what a, what a great talent mm. he is. Got yeah. to start to bring it, Robbie Earl. He's got yeah. to start to bring it. And we all are patient. We all say, you know what? You know, they had a difficult first period, Kai Havertz, when he first came to the club. Um, showed some brilliant signs, scores a winning goal in the Champions League final. Amazing. Not enough. I'm, I'm, I know he's been in and out the team a little bit, but I thought he was disappointing today. Yeah. Ziek was disappointing. Now, if those two players are not being dynamic and creative and a goal threat, where where's the goals yeah. coming from? Where's the creativity coming from? Um, now, he made some subs, uh, Rob, around the hour mark. He changed the system a little bit. The youth, the youth came into the game. Hudson Adoy, yeah. Loftus Cheek, Trevor. Chalaba came on, Ross Barkley came on a little bit later than that. He, he, I mean, he, he does change things, and they yeah. look better. They did look, they did look better uh, late on, but but overall, a little bit tippy tappy, no real penetration against the Juventus team that was set up and defended yeah. blimmin' well in that second half. And the reason I didn't put Chelsea to to win the league is possibly born out of that point. I just felt yeah. there's going to be. Little spells, odd games, two game runs, three games runs, where might not happen for Lukaku. Just doesn't get the service or the goals or whatever. He can have those moments. And I just thought, not still convinced in the, yeah. the, the, the second tier. The Habits, yep. the Verners, and the ZX. Yeah. And yeah. I'll probably put Mount in there as well. Are those guys going to get me? Also, Pulisic. Them? You put Pulisic in there. Yeah, right? Pulisic, but obviously the injury doesn't help. Yeah. And, and, you know, his numbers would probably mean he'd be getting a look in now, but um, they they slightly concern me. And again, you know, you look at the game at the weekend against Man City, Rob, where got beat 1-0 again, didn't really have an awful lot of, of threat, uh, yeah. slightly changed the team as well. So a little bit of, of, of sorting out for, for Tuchel to do. And, and, and as you say, 
those players underneath Lukaku will decide how well Chelsea do this year. Because yeah. everything else is good enough. <clears throat> and the other parts and the other players he can bring in. But those two spots underneath Lukaku have got to get you 30 goals. Hmm. You've got to get yeah. goals. Or you can spread it, it around. But yeah. the, the, the two spots have got to get you somewhere in the region of 30 goals. And that's where it's, it's a bit of a struggle, isn't it, for Chelsea? Mm. A bit of a struggle of the last the last two or three games. Because I know the defenders have stepped up and scored goals. Um, that That's that's going to be the issue for them. You know, again, it was better. I think Lukaku had a chance, Rob. Actually, a really good chance. Uh, yeah. the, the 82nd minute I've written down here, and he put it over the top. That's his only real chance. So if a defensive team do a job on Robert Lukaku and yeah. the other players are not doing enough, you ain't getting goals. Mm. I mean, he changed it. So he went with three in midfield in the last, I think, probably 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, when Loftus-Cheek came on, he's one of three in midfield. So they're, they're, all of a sudden, there's a bit more of a threat. hudson yeah. Adoy came on for Aspilicueta, Robert, right wing back, more of an attacking threat. threat. So what, what yeah. he's done is what he's done before. Talked about it. He's turned yeah. up the attacking dial. Yeah. Now, whether he needs to have a bit more of an aggressive yeah, that attacking with. sense mm. to start with, Hudson is always a yeah. right wing back and say, right, you know what, you're gonna you're gonna really get at the the fullback yeah. if you can, and maybe you know a guy from midfield that like, play with two strikers mm. and and a three in midfield with one of those guys going forward. He's got great options, Robert, this club because the squad that he's got. He just might need to, you know, tweak his his system a little bit. Now, whether he'll go to a back four, uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. Three, three at the back have served him reasonably well, hasn't it? And he kind of looks it, like uh, he wants that, to go he, that way. Yeah, you can still get full backs forward in the back mm. four and have yeah. an extra attacking player, whether it's a front man or a midfield player. So, it, mm. again, it's turning the attacking dial up a little bit. Um, and it's not it's not crisis, of course, for Chelsea. No, you know, it's, no, um, but it, it's, 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 it's an interesting time. It's a, good, it's a good time because, you know, we've looked... Got beat one nil, one nil by Man City, which you, you listen to. You can can dominate a game against anybody. Got beat one nil in Juventus. Obviously, won't like that going back there playing them. But for Thomas Tuchel, everything's gone so swimmingly well. Yeah, it's almost like okay, we'll find out a little more about Thomas now, and that's what yeah. the Premier League does to you every week, every weekend. You know, there's no easy like you, you turn up at the weekend and oh, it's a guaranteed three point. They've now got to find another way of being as successful and having that presence where you don't think you're going to score against them, where Lukaku looks like he's going to score every game. All of a sudden, that's just been turned on its head a little bit. The, I'm sorry to keep on about this, Rob. I think I mentioned it before on previous podcasts, but the, the nature of Tuchel's football, the slow yeah. build-up, yeah. means that teams drop off, they set their shape, and it's difficult. How many times have we seen Lukaku, Rob, from a counter-attacking situation, make those runs in behind and get over the top? Mm. What is his best yeah, part of his game? Yeah, there was one game, few, yeah. you got you, there was one yeah. game, Rob, where he made a couple of runs and he get in behind and yeah. he scored. A, so th- there's not been many of them. So that the 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 into Lukaku's feet is great, but mm. when when a team shut that lane off to him, then yeah. there's not much else, and that's what happened today, Rob. So yeah, mm. Tuchel's got to find a way. And I, and I think he's smart enough to be able to do that to yeah. to, to just have a little bit more of a of a blend of attacking philosophies, not just all about Lukaku. Yep, uh, some work to do for, for Chelsea on that one. Let, let's move it forward to Porto, Liverpool, Porto 1, Liverpool 5. i watch this one, Robin. Some days, yeah. you know when you watch Champions League and one team's way better than the other, but you get in, in some games where 
Liverpool were at it, well organised, um, decent setup against a Porto team that apparently, you know, in Portuguese football, what did I, I read? They'd gone 35 games unbeaten in the Portuguese league. Oh, wow. Which, oh, dear. Which possibly <clears throat> tells you where the two leagues are in terms of quality and what you get. It was Liverpool um, with cutting edge. Mo Salah gets a couple of goals. Bobby Firmino comes on as sub. Mo Salah gets a couple of goals. Sadio Mane gets a goal. So, the kind of guys you want getting goals got the goals. Um, it was a Liverpool team that had good intensity, played with confidence, looked like they were going to score goals. Porto goalkeeper had an absolute shocker, by the way. Um, oh. Diogo Costa, I think, uh, the goalkeeper, yeah, had an absolutely shocking uh, evening of it. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was honestly, honestly, mate, you, you have to see it to see some of the decisions and things he was doing. Um, but it was interesting. So, um, Jurgen Klopp said after, for the first sort of 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, it was like Porto had obviously sent scouts to Brentford and were banging balls long and thinking, right, let's rough them up, let, let's win second <laughs> balls and do that way. And it was um, it was Matip and Van Dijk who dealt with everything coming forward. Milner played at right back, Trent Alexander didn't travel, yeah. got a bit of a believe with it. Duke to Robbo at left back, Fabino Henson, Curtis Jones in midfield. And then Salah, Jota and Mane with a, with a, with a front three. So it was, a, it was a proper strong Liverpool team. Good intent, uh, good attitude. Um, I want to turn my attention to a, a young man who probably has gone under the radar a little bit. There was all this talk about Harvey Elliott and then Elliott got the injury, Rob. Curtis Jones. Mm. Curtis Jones, my friend, 20 years yes. of age. <clears throat> Outstanding. On the night, outstanding, involved, yeah. had a, pretty much a, a handle involvement in, in all five goals. Saw him score against Brentford at the weekend um, with a good shot. Interesting, and, and I was as I was watching the game, I thought Jurgen Klopp made a point after that his defensive game has improved. Has it? You know what? His, his defensive pressing, his understanding of when he hasn't got possession. Do you know the first thing I thought about as he was talking? I thought, Deli Ali. Chang Yin Dombele could, could do with that same conversation at yeah. Spurs where they want to be players. And Curtis Jones yeah. is a good footballer. But in yeah. Jurgen Klopp's team, you know, next to Hendo and Fabinho, his team have to work and win that ball and compress. And Curtis Jones did it brilliantly, mate. Mm. He's 20 years of age, this, this young man. I know. And I think with Ronaldo gone, and Lucato's got a knock at the moment, Thiago's different type of no. players out mm. injured. Could mm. just be a little spell for him, Rob. I just think he might have a bit to do. And you know what? He's got a little bit of devil in him. He's got an eye for goal. Wants to get in and score goals as well. I just think that he could be a almost like that midfield player we've been talking about for Liverpool that they've, they've not had. Did we, didn't we? When he first burst onto the scene, yeah. uh, Rob, with them, I think mm. we did the same thing. We're like, wow, what yeah. a player. What a brilliant, you know, mm. what, what, how different he is to the other guys. Yeah. And, and then he went a little quiet. It went a little quiet, and we're like, "Oh, maybe, maybe we're a little bit, we're a little bit quick on that kind of yeah. assumption with him." But mm. no, I again, I saw little bits of the game, and I did read a lot about how great Curtis Jones was. So yeah, it's something exactly. I was going to ask you about. So it's interesting yeah. you bring him up. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I just made a note there, Rob, because hopefully, I'm going to do a, I'm going to sit down and do an interview with uh, Jordan Henderson oh, this excellent. upcoming Friday for the Inside the Mind series for yeah. us. Yeah. And um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask him about that. I'm gonna ask him about mm. the midfield, the midfield kind of blend because I know that I've talked about that before. Where in yeah. a three man midfield, it's good if if each part of it does something a little mm. different, or it's good at doing something a little different. I'm gonna ask him about those. You know, Harvey Elliott now, of course, injured at the moment. Curtis Jones and how 
they differ from from Henderson and how how he feels about that and how get, I want to get his opinion on that about how you know he feels about midfield players and, and how different or similar they should be because pretty interesting sure in you, Liverpool. Not sure you ask Kendo how he'd measure up against Robbie Musto. Well, I, I'm just going to say to him, I, I, I'm sure he must, dream, you know, have dreamed of playing with me in midfield. That'd be good, actually, a good midfield of Earl Musto and Hendo. Not, it's got a, it's got a little so you ring got, about you, it. You, you've got the goal he can, threat. He can from, carry us. He can carry yeah, us. Yeah, you, you got the you got the goal threat from Earl. You got mm-hmm. the hard work from Henderson, and you got the playmaking talent and, and cleverness Ooh. of me in midfield. Playmaking talent. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, but, uh, no, that, that should be good interview, and he gives you something, doesn't he? Um, Hendo, remember when we went there before the yeah, season? I try and get into his ribs a little bit. Yeah, yeah we try and try gave, and get into him a little bit. Gave us a little bit about how much. Get the goal to Mo Salah again, Rob. Mo Salah yeah. continues uh, to look Mo a million. Salah, a million uh, honestly, Rob, Mo Salah is a gift to this football club. And I know this talk. I think he's got was it eighteen months on his contract. There was no way yeah, negotiating now. No, negotiating now. I mean, he's talk that he wants to be top man and most money. Do you know what, Rob? Give it in. He, he does the thing that's the yeah, most difficult him. and makes it easy. Give him the give him the the, the the money, secure him to your team, know you've got him, um, and build on what he's done. I think six goals in seven um, Champions League games, twenty eight Champions League goals in seventy in forty seven Champions League appearances. I mean, his numbers, Rob, the hundred goals we saw in one hundred and fifty one yeah, games. Yeah, the numbers yeah. are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's, he's jumped. He's jumped ahead of, you know, a couple of, what, probably three seasons ago now, Sadio Mane and him mm. were kind of similar, banging the goals yeah, in. Yeah. He kind of elevated, hasn't he? He has elevated yeah. to a different level, really, where he's that important. And, you know, you think about it, Rob, and we'll just briefly talk about some of the other clubs in this Champions League competition. That there's some shocking results from some of yeah. those giants yeah. in Spain yeah. that maybe he would have wanted to go to, Rob, a couple of years ago or something. There was a little mm. rumour that he was, that maybe his people were talking to Real Madrid's people. Yeah. But where else? Where else? Where else might he want mm. to go? Yeah, which which league we want to go in? That's anywhere near exciting as what we're in. Which, which league is going to have the kudos of, of winning a, t- a Premier League title? Yeah, possibly. And, and the Barcelona's and Real Madrid's are, are not what yeah. they were, and no. you know that would normally be a place that the, some of the best players in the Premier League look to go and, and leave. And there's been mm. quite a few that have done that. So. Um, no, I, I saw that he got another couple of goals. For me, you know, I got a couple of goals, Rob. Important yeah. for him because yeah. Joe Jota's looked so good. Right. If, if, if Jota can bring out more from Roberto Firmino and more of a goal threat, that I, he must feel that he has to do now that Jota's mm. banging in the goals in his position, that's all good for Liverpool. You talk about midfield. It's, we know defen- defensively they've got Van Dijk yeah, and Matip and everybody yeah. else. They are, they are in as good a shape as any team in mm. the Premier League right now, Rob. With what they're doing yeah. and how they're playing, they really, really are. You, you do get the sense that, but you know, the, the that front four are all firing now, and it's a mix of any. And you can rest one, and you can have a little different yeah. look, different chemistry with it. They have twenty-one yeah. shots, Rob, on that thirteen on target on target in in, in the day. It was like yeah. perfect night for Jurgen Klopp, perfect yeah. night for his forwards, and um, you know, set them up nicely for the big game at the weekend that we'll we'll, we'll get to. But yeah, you you only just talk about a couple of these big Champions League powerhouses who are not quite powering at the moment. Well, I mean, it's almost laughable, Rob. Real Madrid yeah, 1, Sheriff, 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 Sheriff I mean, 2. I mean, can time you... in the competition, is it? Moldovan? Uh, I mean, 
I, I know very little about a sheriff. I've got to be honest yeah, with you. I think have I, you ever know, have you ever seen such a shocking result in Champions League history? I'm I'm, I'm sure there is at some point. Mm, yeah, I'm some are suggesting this, about it. Yeah, some are suggesting this is one of you know certainly one of the biggest ever in Champions League history. The mighty uh, Real Madrid. Um, yeah. One down, you know, get back to one each. Sheriff, go and win it. I mean, yeah. And, and that's, it, it that's just shows where those leagues are, where, where those teams are now, Rob, in comparison well, you look at to the, the Premier League. You look at the team, Rob. Vinicius Jr., Benzema, mm, Ed Nazard, yeah. you know, David Alaba. Yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. looking at the yeah. team. I mean, it's still, there is... Still good, there is still quality players, you know. Yeah. But if you're not playing as a team, you know, and, and, the, and the manager... Way off, the, the, yeah, the way, way off. The way off. Benfica three, Barcelona nil. I mean, Incredible, yeah. I Incredible. Mean, it's a Benfica Again. team of, of great history and tradition, but Barcelona. I mean, yeah. Cummins are hanging on to back to his job by his fingernails at the moment, and, and as soon as I think things get sorted out, the club can't really see him being there. To be honest, no. I think I think that's I think he's going to be under severe pressure right now. Memphis Depay and Luca De Jong are the mm. two forwards in their team. I mean, Memphis Depay, I think he's done okay for Barcelona. But, mm. but you know, when you think of this it, it, enormous football club, those two players to be leading your line up front yeah. is yeah. Uh, is not good. I just thought they were – that. that is shocking score. When you go from De Jong and Depay, from, from, from Messi to, to De Jong and, and Depay, kind of yeah. tells you everything about yeah. where those clubs are. Yeah, yeah. And they're still – Piquet's still playing and Sergio Busquets mm. is still playing in the heart of midfield. Um, it's just where they are right now. And no wonder that those two football clubs really wanted the breakaway Super League, Rob, because, yeah. quite honestly, they need the money. There's massive debts involved, yeah. Yeah. Uh, particularly at Barcelona, I think, a huge, huge number of, the, of, the, of debt that they're in. And I think you're seeing it now with the, the performances. And, and Ronald Koeman, yeah, I mean, if he continues over the next couple of weeks, I'll, I'll be yeah. shocked. But it, yeah. it's a real... It's a mess. It's an absolute mess when you consider how... We talk how... about Roberto Martinez, uh, Rob. His, his name's got mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. to see him go. I mean, he's a coach. I mean, it's a different group of players that, in some respects, might be better for him to go in and have a bigger influence. Would he want to leave Belgium at this stage when he's got a bit of a golden generation World Cup coming up yeah. in less than a year? I mean, I don't know, mate. I think I, he's I, going to want, wait, wait till after then, isn't he? Yeah, I, mean, I know there's there's a little bit of talk of Xavi as well, the the legendary yeah. central midfield player that uh, I'm sure is going to be manager at some point. It's just not a great time right now. Yeah, I think it's not to take quite over the job, football. is it? Yeah, it's not. Quite yeah, it's a big it's a big job. Yeah. It's going to be one of those yeah. big transitional yeah. uh, jobs, and with no money or very little money, yeah, they're they're in a bit of mess. Yeah, it's a sad, yeah. it's a sad state of affairs because you know I worked on the La Liga for many years, and it's blimmin' it's some some mm. tremendously Great players, technical teams, good quality, entertaining football throughout, and it's uh, those two are really struggling, mate. Really struggling. Okay, mate. Let's move it on to uh, back to the Premier League because we've got a uh, we've got a super game on Sunday, eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Liverpool champions a couple of seasons ago against the reigning champions Manchester City at a full packed Anfield, and. Don't remember, was it a couple of years ago where City won the title and it was that clearance by was it Kyle Walker or John Stones off the it's like inches of John up, Stones, I think was it? John I think Stones, John Stones. on his way yeah. back. And yeah. I mean that ended up very much that year, the point between them changing yeah. the, 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 the the sort of 
Leroy Sane, Rob, wasn't it? Was Leroy Sane scored the goal in a 1-0 win? Yeah, away at Anfield. And, and yes, yeah. and Sturms made that clearance where yeah. that point would have, would have made a difference for Liverpool. Yeah. But, um, I mean, some great history um, between these two teams, both in, in decent shape. City last weekend, I think getting the win at Chelsea that sort of put everybody on guard a little bit like, oh, they're, they're still, they're still yeah. part of it and still part of the conversation. Yeah. Liverpool and good nick. Looking like there's goals in the team, defensively so much better. Uh, and a midfield with a bit of balance. We've talked about young Curtis Jones. So, um, mm. our, our friends at Points Bet Sportsbook have, have looked at the odds of this one. And actually, they've gone for the draw at plus 245. A Liverpool win at plus 185. And a Manchester City win at plus 135. So, my, my reckoning, that's a slight advantage for Man City. We'll be yep. up away from home for them to, to win the game. You go with that? No, I don't. Um, sure, I do. I, I, I'm, first of all, I'm pleased that they both played on Tuesday and the game is on Sunday. Yeah, that's quite, plenty of time that's, now. That's yeah. so great for the game. Yeah. Yeah. So there shouldn't be, you know, both of these mm. teams, I really, really hope, put out yeah. Yeah. as near as damn it their, their strongest teams. I, I would favour Liverpool at Anfield mm. with the at way Anfield. that they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the the front players in great, confident mood, um, the midfield options that you talked about, yeah. Jordan Henderson being back with Fabinho in there as opposed to being at the back where they, they had to play last year. And I know that Man City was so great in the last in the last weekend, Rob, and the way that they pressed and, and re- made it very, very difficult for Chelsea to find mm. a way out. They might try and do that again. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I, I would... My gut tells me Liverpool for a narrow victory. I don't think City can do it again on the back of, you know, they've had a they've had a difficult. You know, we know their fixture was difficult this week, mm. um, yeah. but the end of it and the Sunday. I know there's a little bit of rest period. I just think Liverpool are a uh, tough, a tough opponents right now for anybody. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Um, I would have thought Liverpool for me a slight favourite. It's less City we know can dominate the ball, can disarm you with the with the passing, and if they do take the chances, every game I've seen City play, they've created chances just at at times they haven't taken them. Uh, it's a Liverpool team that have got, you know, forwards in good form um, who can score goals. So I, I would make, um, I'd agree, I'd make Liverpool's slight favourites on the night. And it's interesting because Ruben Diaz, I heard him do an interview after Tuesday's game with PSG and he was saying how disappointed he was really that they didn't have much time to prep for PSG. So when you're playing these big games after a big match against Chelsea... Yeah. You yeah. feel that time, but yeah. I suppose yeah. what that does mean is it gives you now four right. or five days to prep for this yeah. Liverpool game. So both should be ready. Both will have had a bit of time on the training ground, get get players fit and healthy. So yeah, looking forward. Um, whoever, to that whoever, just just quick, Rob, whoever whoever Man City decides to play at left back, yeah, that's kind of a, that's kind of an important decision that is for Pep with Mo Salah playing. Oh, on the Salah, side. Yeah, yeah, so that, that could Cancelo be a key. Or Zinchenko, yeah. Probably maybe yeah. Zinchenko's a better mm. defender than Cancelo is. Yeah. So that that's going to be an interesting matchup, Robert. We'll, yeah, we'll talk sure. about it in the studio. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that on the studio the weekend. Just want to mention on that game, Robert, and it's probably that the, the mm. players will be wearing um, armbands. The, the passing of Roger Hunt, um, another of that golden generation 1966 World Cup winner. Um, apparently, he's the only England forward who started all six games when, when England won the tournament. His numbers, Rob, are ridiculous 285 goals for Liverpool in 492 appearances. Only the great Ian Rush has scored more. And he was affectionately known to Liverpool fans and around that Liverpool area as Sir Roger. And 
I don't know why, because he was known that. I almost thought he, he must have been 90, but he mm. wasn't. And and all mm. of that group, you know, the 66 group, I think people felt should have been for that for that reward. But I, I read a lovely line where he says, he never needed the knighthood from Buckingham Palace because he was knighted by the cop. And he said mm. that meant more to him than anything anybody else could have given you. And he was, you know, by all intents, he wasn't somebody who particularly wanted the limelight or the cameras and, you know, he... He was one of those who was in the background very much, but um, his record itself and what people are saying and, and, the, and the kind words people are, have talked about him now and his passing just marks him out as a very, very special man as, as well as a very, very special player. Yeah, I think when you, when you hear people talk about him, Jimmy Tarbuck, Rob, a very mm. famous English comedian, <clears throat> very close to Liverpool players around that time as well, and he talked on... on um, on UK radio that I listened to this week, Robin, and almost got emotional about how, yeah. what a great guy he was. And, mm. and the, the whole kind of Sir Roger part of it was, was, was very big around Anfield and they couldn't believe he didn't get knighted for what he did. And it's kind yeah. of been a sad, it's been a sad little period of time with some of our mm. world great, champions from 66. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's getting to that point where a lot mm. of them are getting older now. And, and, and sadly, you know, they're passing on, but it's great that we remember him and the Liverpool mm. fans, of course, yeah. will this weekend. Because um, these are legends. These are legends mm. of the game with, with incredible numbers. And Roger Hunt is another one that, you know, we, we, we know his name, Rob, growing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, of course, we didn't see a ton of them. It's that long ago. But the respect that yeah. he and, and others around that generation, that England team that won the World Cup, is still very, very strong. And, and people remember yeah. him very fondly. And it'll be emotional at Anfield. And you just get the sense with, with clubs like Liverpool and Anfield and that fans that they'll want to put out a special performance. And again, right. that might also be something that just inspires Liverpool a yep. little bit to get that result against Manchester City. Just before we go, uh, mate, I, I think we should just spend a moment to spe- give a little tip of our hat to Graham Potter in Brighton. They drew 1-1 with Palace <clears> on Monday. I was working on the game. Uh, late goal by Neil Mo- equaliser by Neil Mope was enough to give Brighton a point. They didn't go top of the table, would have done with, with a win, but uh, I think it keeps them in and around the top six. And, I mean, it, what a what, I mean, what a first start to the season. Graham Potter's starting to get, I think, a little bit more recognition in terms of not just being a, a guy who can play good football, but there's a little bit more cutting edge towards it. Uh, I think they play Arsenal at the weekend, Rob, which is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, an Arsenal yeah. team that they've got, you know, the tails up now in the North London derby against the Brighton team in confidence at 12.30 Eastern time on NBC. I thought the finish from Neil Mope was a, mm. was a really good finish, Rob, given yeah, yeah. the state of the game. It, it needed to be a delicate touch to get it over top yeah. of the goalkeeper and get that get that point. Yeah, I mean, I, my son reminds me that last year, last season's um, expected goals for Brighton was really, yeah. really high and their actual goals was really, really low. Big discrepancy there, which means mm. if they take some of the chances... Yeah. Then they because they create a lot of them, and so far they're doing that, you know, from different areas mm. of the team as well. And we know they're well coached, we know they build up yeah. really well, and they've got some creativity. Um, mm. but that's that's the thing. And um, I just as we go forward, Rob, we just we just keep an eye on that, you know, can yeah. the forward yeah. players, whoever it is, keep chipping in and taking those chances when they get them because they could they mm. could absolutely yeah. remain in, in the and, top half. Danny of the looks lively again, Mope, that's four goals for him, you know, there's only one behind the top yeah. scorers. and. Yeah, trust more, more from him. Yeah. 
yeah, good player. Lalana's doing a good job in there. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Lamptey's just coming back to fitness, Rob, which will be a, a help on that right hand side. Remember for yeah. Veltman, you know, brings a bit of pace in, in creativity. So Vel- Veltman can play yeah. as a right side centre back. You've got Kukurea, yeah, the yeah, okay, mate. We're gonna wrap things up there after a mixed bag of results for the English teams in this week's Champions League. Work to do for a few of our teams, but today, I think the spirit of Ronaldo was enough to lift Manchester United to victory. Just before we go, I've got a date for your diary. We've got a fan fest coming on the horizon. It's the early start because it's our first West Coast fans fest. That's in LA at the Coliseum. If you live anywhere near or you want to travel over, it's a unique occasion for football fun. And I think it was once best described as Disney for football fans. So that's October 23rd and 24th. It's Sunday the 24th is Manchester United versus Liverpool. So that's a huge game. So um, come down if you can, come and join us. And if you go to NBCSports.com backslash Premier League mornings live uh, to register, you can get your tickets there. So uh, we'll have more news on that as we get closer to the weekend but Mr Mosto uh, Lady Lowe Mr Tim Howard myself will all be there looking forward to that one so um, but we'll be back on this Sunday that's October the 3rd when Mosto and I review match week 7 not least the last two title winners going toe-to-toe at Anfield on Sunday 11.30 Eastern time on NBCSN but for now I'm Earl he's Mosto together with two Robbie thanks for watching and listening be safe stay healthy it's a good night from me and it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.